Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us. On today's episode, April will be joined by our counselors, Jean Crane and Michelle Alexander, as they discuss moving beyond difficult experiences and trauma as a part of our Mental Health Matters series. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux from Care to Change. As always, I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us. We are right in the middle of our series on mental health matters during this Mental Health Awareness Month, the month of May. We kicked off the series. Jared talked to us about why we feel what we feel and do what we do and how the brain impacts our mental health. We've talked about addictions. And today we're stepping into a topic that affects anyone that is human. Uh, All of us to be human is to experience challenge in our life. And so today we're going to be talking about how to move beyond challenging or disturbing experiences and even trauma. What are things that we can do to actually move beyond trauma? So um, what an important topic, and it will definitely, experiencing stress in difficult times has an impact on our mental health. We can't just will ourselves out of things. And so I am super excited to have returning guest, Michelle Alexander. Michelle, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here again with us. And Jean Crane. Jean, thank you for coming back today. Yes, so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have both of you. As you know, we're in the middle of this series and we sort of laughed before we started recording and saying, oh, sure, we're going to talk about how to move beyond trauma in like 20 minutes or so. (laughs) And uh, because it's not that easy and we definitely, what we don't want to do is walk into this topic and say anything like, okay, follow these three steps and then boom, everything will be fine and you'll move beyond because we know that healing isn't necessarily necessarily a linear process and it's not follow these three steps. But we do know there are some very specific and practical things that people can do to help move yourself forward. And so that's what we want to talk about today, knowing that the answers aren't going to be in a quick three-step process. And if anybody tells you that, it's false. Uh, it's not true. Um, but there definitely are things you can do to um, move forward. And that's really what we want to give to you today. So let's get started first. Um, let's talk about difficult, let's define difficult experiences and trauma um, there's a difference between just experiencing something that's difficult when something is challenging and when something could be labeled as traumatic. We have already done and released a, a podcast episode on adverse childhood experiences, what those are and what to do with that. And so we're going to put that specific podcast in uh, that link in our notes So if you want to hear more about specific adverse childhood experiences, I want to encourage you to go to that podcast, just go to the show notes and click on that. For today, we're going to be talking more about how to, how to really move beyond the the trauma piece. So let's define, let's just start with defining what makes something a challenge and difficult versus something to be labeled as trauma. 
Yeah. So just kind of trauma-based, what does trauma mean? So trauma is the result of a negative experience. And so that could be anything from a car accident to a difficult breakup in a relationship to the loss of a loved one. Different things um, can be categorized as traumatic and there's not really black and white lines that give a you know precise definition so it's just kind of based on an individual's personal reaction um, and kind of like how do they respond to the event and how distressing is the event to them um do you know let you kind of add a couple of things too if you want yes i i just agree with that and would say um my husband always laughs like why do you always talk about trauma it sounds like such a deep horrible thing and and I say well everybody's been through trauma at some point in their life whether it's you know big t trauma or little t trauma meaning that like you said some things impact people differently and so when it's a deeply disturbing experience that becomes embedded in the body and the brain and so to me um, if it's impacted a person in a deep way that can be labeled as trauma absolutely Um, a deeply disturbing experience and what I know every time that we do any sort of workshop or training or in-service about trauma, that's one of the things we really stress, that it's a deeply distressing event defined by ourselves, yes. mm-hmm. not by someone else. Yes. So something that is deeply distressing and disturbing for me may not be for either one of you. Um, so it might not be traumatic for you but it could be for me. So we Mm -hmm. don't get to define what is deeply distressing and disturbing for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself um, is part of the process of just being able to acknowledge the fact that this experience, whether it was a one-time or an ongoing, whatever it is, it was distressing, deeply distressing. And in that in that case, that's what we would define as trauma. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why I'm, I'm glad that you said that, Jean, that to be human is to experience deeply distressing mm-hmm. things. I wish it were not so. Mm-hmm. I wish that there there was a human on this planet that could say, I've never experienced anything distressing or deeply distressing. Unfortunately, we don't get to get through life without that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so here we are wondering, well, what do we do about it? How are we supposed to, when something has happened to us, whether we knew it was going to happen, whether it was something that happened and we weren't expecting it, whether, no matter how it happened, whatever Mm -hmm. it was, um, now we've experienced this, what do I do about it? How do I move beyond it? And just started today even saying, it's impossible, it's noble, but it's also not possible to will yourself to move beyond it, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. walk, walk me through and walk the listeners through sort of some steps to take. How do you heal from a deeply distressing event, whether you want to label it trauma or not? Sure. Well, we, we kind of, in, in this um, podcast, we parsed it out into three sections. And so the first sure. one is just gaining insight about why this was deeply distressing to you and kind of how it impacted you. And then the second was coming up with an intentional plan of action, something that you can do that can help you. And then the third is practicing that plan. So I'll start with um, the insight piece. I feel like it's such a privilege. I've been a therapist for over 20 years, and I am so grateful that people will come in and um, talk to a perfect stranger a lot of the time. But, you know, 
come in, make an appointment with me as a therapist and say, I need to talk about this distressing event that I've been through. And when somebody has the courage to make that first appointment with me, um, I feel like one of the most important things that somebody can do is begin to unpack and untangle, you know, what was it about that situation that was deeply distressing to me. And a lot of people who've been through a traumatic situation or ongoing events they live in autopilot. And so they're kind of just going in the zone that they've always been going in, you know, and especially the younger traumatic events happen, the more likely it's kind of embedded into their body, their brain, just how they react. And so they're just um, going through the motions of life. And a lot of times they're not paying attention to some really important components of being human. One of those is being in touch with their physical body. Um, So on autopilot, I'm just kind of going and I'm not even recognizing when certain parts of my body are trying to communicate with me and tell me I'm hurting or I'm stressed and I'm in pain or um, whatever those those parts of their body they're just not paying attention to that and so that's an important piece and something that I really like for people to start noticing is what's going on inside of my body what's my body telling me because maybe you've heard this before but there's a a great book out there we'll mention at the end but the body keeps the score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk and he um, talks about that that Some of those distressing situations are embedded in our muscle fibers and nerve. And so our body is going to communicate with us when we're getting triggered or activated. Mm -hmm. So it's an important thing that some people don't pay attention to. And sometimes clients come in and they think, what that is just so weird that you're asking me like what's going on Mm -hmm. in my body right now. But if they can start to notice that, I think that's an important piece of insight. Um, Then also feelings. We are feelings illiterate in this in our culture today because I feel like we're just driven like just go 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 so I don't have time to pay attention to what I'm feeling I don't have time to unpack that I don't have time to be contemplative Mm -hmm. or journal but it's really important that is part of being human is to notice what am I feeling and how do I put words to that and if someone's been through something traumatic sometimes they kind of just shut down on the feelings category and like do not pay attention to their feelings at all don't even have words for them um, because it's a scary proposition sometimes Mm -hmm. Like if I really got in touch with my feelings, Jean, what would happen? Like I might lose it and I could never stop crying or Mm -hmm. I might get so angry I could hurt someone Mm -hmm. or any of those what if scenarios. So I'm just going to shut down and not pay attention to feelings. So again, another important component when someone's coming in to talk about it to me is let's start thinking about you know, let's start noticing what feelings are happening in you and have words for those feelings and then nurture those feelings, like care about those mm-hmm. feelings and say, it is okay for me to be having these feelings. And this is what makes me human. And, you know, especially in a counseling, you know, client therapist relationship, like we're going to care about those feelings when we're sitting together mm-hmm. and we're going to um, identify them and validate them and process through them. I'm probably getting into what you're going to be talking about. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So um, noticing our physical body, noticing our emotions. And then another thing that I've noticed is that a lot of times when someone's been through a traumatic situation, there's a belief system that's going on in their head, some self-talk that's going on. And if they've never unpacked that trauma, a lot of times, you know, it doesn't really match up with reality, but they don't know that because it's only been their own head that's ever talked to them about it. So let's say, for instance, um, a young person who has been through a sexual abuse situation and maybe they were seven years old. And so a seven-year-old might tell themselves, this is probably my fault. I'm 
probably to blame for this, Mm -hmm. or I'm tainted. I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. And so if we were outside the situation, we're like, how could a seven-year-old think that? But a seven-year-old's brain is a lot different than an adult's brain. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people will develop a critical voice, that self-talk that's really negative, and they don't even know that they're doing it because it's so embedded into who they've become all the years. So that's another important piece I want people to have insight is what is it that you're believing about yourself? What is it that your inner critic is saying to you? And maybe is there a correlation between when you went through that traumatic event and how that voice developed? Mm, So good. So good. Yeah. So kind of like Jean was talking about, there's a mind-body connection when we're referring to trauma. And so a little bit of brain science, um, trauma is stored in the right hemisphere of our brain and not the left. So when we experience a traumatic event or when we're recalling a traumatic memory, the left side of our brain actually shuts down. Um, And so the right side is where all of that trauma is held and the right side is our creative side and where we hold our emotions um, and our senses. Our left side is our more logistical side and our analytics and math. So when we do process trauma and like process those traumatic events, we really need to kind of dig into, um, you know, what targets the right hemisphere of the brain. And so the biggest thing with trauma is less talking and more doing. So doing all of those action items. So an example could be, you know, just simple exercise. So moving your body, going for a walk, um, going for some laps in the pool, um, different you know, any activity that's going to get you up and moving. I know yoga is a big one that we talk about a lot here at Care to Change. Um, And we have Ginger, and we'll mention her as a resource (laughs) a little bit later. But yeah, so just knowing that there's that mind-body connection and paying attention to how your body feels and what that feels like as you're processing and how that feeling changes as you're processing. Um, So other kind of just ways to you know, that you might process when you do come to therapy would be something like art or poetry, um, psychodrama, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we now love here at CTC. <laughs> yes. And so it's just great to be able to, you know, engage in a role reversal or, you know, engage in a conversation with your self-talk mm-hmm. and kind of just to walk through those and give you even more insight than you already have mm-hmm. um, as you're processing. So Any type of meditation activities are great. So mindfulness, anything related, deep breathing exercises, um, imagery, journaling um, works with all of that as well. So yeah, just some more doing activities versus talking. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah, and um, we say this a lot, um, but trauma often happens in the context of relationships. So Mm -hmm. healing often comes in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a therapist that you work with, but you know it's a wonderful thing when you are doing this with somebody mm-hmm. and so they're able to be with you in that experience mm-hmm. of you know processing through and recognizing new things about yourself. And um, sometimes they can provide insight that you never knew. I was just working with a client who said, I've never really thought about this, but I said, well, what if your best friend came to you and told you the same story that you just told me how would you feel towards her? And she's like, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. But actually, I would be so mad that that happened to her. But instead, I was yep. blaming myself. Yeah. And so even just a little, you know, reframe like that, that mm-hmm. somebody just starts to think differently about it because it's in the context of another person that they're mm-hmm. with who yeah. hopefully is safe for them to to share and also to get some insight from. So mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I love the therapist client relationship. I love it when people come in. I'm sure you feel the same way, Michelle, yes. such a privilege when someone's willing to share mm-hmm. their story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, you know, 
we talk a lot with churches and, um, you know, any other organization that allows for community. So small groups at a school or therapy groups at a school or any other context like that is so wonderful for somebody to have those kinds of relationships where they can be their true self, share their true story and have somebody love them through it. And I feel like that's such an important component for healing. Yeah, absolutely. Just any source of connection. And, you know, God made us um, for connection. So we mm-hmm. need each other. And so we're going to need individuals in our lives besides just our therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Jean said, finding that small group or any other community group or anything like that, it's just great to be able to have that connection with others. And I don't know if you see this, Michelle, but um, a lot of times someone will come in and they do want that like three-step plan to healing mm-hmm. from trauma and yes. hopefully three sessions or less, you know, like <laughs> right. let's make this fast. Let's get mm-hmm. it done. Like how long mm-hmm. is this going to take? Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes, and I just think this is important to say that healing can take time mm-hmm. and there isn't necessarily a timeline. No one's a failure if it takes a while for them to mm-hmm. work on it. And sometimes like they will relapse, meaning like, oh my goodness, I'm getting back into the same habits of how I'm talking to myself or I wasn't paying attention. I was just, we call it dissociating. I wasn't being like being aware of my body for a while. And I want people to know that's okay too. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Like when you're first starting to play a sport, if you're a basketball player, you don't just get out there and make free throws from day one. You know, you have to (laughs) practice, practice, practice. And then as you've practiced and you've messed up and you've missed the shots and all of that, um, over time, your muscle memory develops and the same thing goes with um, when we're healing we're yeah. building new neural pathways in our brain that are different from what we used to do so it's going to take some work might take some time it probably will take time and um, in practice and sometimes sort of like what you might consider failure but I don't consider it failure because you're recognizing it now and mm-hmm. so hey let's just keep working on this together yeah any step forward is a step forward yeah. I love that because, uh, in fact, I was just talking with with someone earlier today about this, that um, so often we think it's sort of a one and done situation Mm -hmm. where, okay, I had this event, I'm going to go process it with my therapist. Okay, it seems like I've gotten some healing or resolution or I can sleep now Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. breathe a little more deeply or I don't get as anxious when I'm in a similar situation or a situation that reminds me of that or with people that might remind me or whatever. And okay, I think I'm good now. And then something happens. And then all of a sudden, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm right back there again. Mm -hmm. Like what just happened? And I was just saying this uh, earlier today that until just a couple of years ago, when those kind of things would happen to me, I'd get angry. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought I was over this, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought I was through this, whatever. I can't believe that this is bothering me again, or I'm reminded of this, or I'm feeling this way again. And it used to be that it would be irritating, like, okay, did I do something wrong? What's what's happening? Whatever. And now it's, to me, I've reframed even that part of the process to be, now I know that that's an invitation for further healing. I love it. So I had fill in the blank this much healing. And now that I'm recognizing something is bothering me that is related to that or could be linked back to that, like instead of saying what is going on saying okay Mm -hmm. that must mean that I'm ready for a little bit deeper healing Mm -hmm. and so now it's okay I don't like it Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. instead of getting down it's more about okay this is an invitation what does that mean just like you said I'm going to go back and I'm going to gain insight I'm going to develop my plan of action what is it that I need Mm -hmm. to do and then begin to actually do what is on that plan so 
if you're listening, you're like, oh, I thought I could beat that. It was 31 years ago that that happened. Mm-hmm. I should be over it by now. It's it's just not a healing. Just isn't a linear process. Yep. It's not a one and done. It's mm-hmm. not often, right? Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't just go away. And you could not see your therapist for six months or a year, and something come up mm-hmm. and say, "Well, I need to go. I need to go back and check this mm-hmm. and see what's yeah. going on." And, and I love the analogy that I heard recently, which was, you know, we don't wait until our cars break down to go get regular maintenance. Mm-hmm. And so it's. It's a good thing for us to get regular maintenance on things that have happened. I want to just do a check-in just to see how this is going, just to make sure, you know, are there blind spots that I'm missing? Are there red flags that I'm not seeing? And that's why when you're in community, they may see things before you do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey, I've noticed you're absent more, you're isolating Mm -hmm. more, you're working harder, you're Mm -hmm. fill in the blank, whatever the go-to is. And so they can recognize and lovingly bring you back to themselves. And so I love I love that you just said that. Yeah, that it's definitely not a linear once and done. And Michelle, like you said, forward is still forward. And as long as you're moving forward Mm -hmm. and even if they're, you know, two steps back, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not too late to jump back on and say, okay, I'm here now. I recognize Mm -hmm. it. I see it. Now what do I need to do to just just Mm -hmm. keep moving forward? Thank you guys so much. This is so helpful. Is there a resource or a group of resources that you would like to recommend for the listeners? We got lots. We do. <laughs> right, great. <laughs> yeah. So the first one um, is Ginger Boyce, who works at Care to Change, and she um, does yoga. And she, I believe, has done a course before, um, trauma-informed yoga. Yep. And so she's a great resource for any client, um, whether it's, you know, during sessions or even just a couple times a month, she's really great to work with. And one of the best things that she does is teaches people some really practical regulation skills. So mm-hmm. if you have trauma and you have activation that comes from that trauma, sometimes it's like, what in the world am I supposed to do right now? And she'll just give you some really practical <laughs> skills. Mm-hmm. I feel like yes. she is, um, yeah, just worth gold. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's some mindfulness apps as well. So Calm is one. Healthy Minds um, is another as well as Headspace. And then definitely lots and lots of book options. So one of those is The Body Keeps the Score, as Jean mentioned earlier. Um, that's by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. Another one is called Moving Beyond Trauma, The Roadmap to Healing from Your Past and Living with Ease and Vitality. And that is by Eileen Smith. Yep. And I have a few books that I like to Um I like Dr. Kurt Thompson, Anatomy of the Soul. He also wrote The Soul of Shame, and shame a lot of times goes along with trauma. Um, and then he wrote The Soul of Desire. So pretty much everything that he's ever written I think is excellent. <laughs> the reason I like it, he is um, really understands brain science, but then also brings his faith in a deep way into it and the whole concept of community and how healing comes through community. So to me, that's a really good resource. Um, Also, The Deepest Well by Dr. Nadine Burke. Um, And she is a doctor who is a pediatrician. And she was just working with children coming into her office for medical care and just found this correlation between trauma and the physical effects on the body. So as we were talking a lot about how the body keeps the score, that even in children and as they're growing up, um, there's there are physical ramifications to someone who's been through trauma. So I love that from a medical doctor standpoint, she brings a lot of insight um, from the work that she's done in the years since she noticed that correlation and um, really helpful. And then... Um, 
Atlas of the Heart. This is by Brene Brown. I just really love this book because it really just goes through emotions. And like I was talking earlier about, sometimes it's hard to put words to what emotions am I feeling? And so she just really helps kind of, that. that's why it's titled Atlas of the Heart because you're just going through the different emotions and um, looking at yeah, what they are and how they feel. And I think that's an excellent resource if anybody's kind of like, I don't know. I don't really know emotions besides anger and stress, you know? Um, so it's a great one for that. Fantastic. Well, as always, um, Jean, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so glad you guys are here. If you are listening, you're like, oh, I've been trying these steps. They're not working, or I'm not even sure where to begin, or I can't even sleep through the night. It's not even, I can't even get to that. I can't even think that far ahead. Just whatever. If you're, if you're listening and you're struggling and you're just like, I just am not sure what to do or everything I've been doing just doesn't seem to be getting me where I need to go. Uh, I would encourage you to reach out to us, um, to your therapist, whoever that might be, and just make an appointment. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to journey um, the, the walk of challenges alone, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. do heal in the context of community and that can begin with your therapist. doesn't have to be a therapist here. It can be. Uh, we're also offering intensives now. So if you're like, uh, it's just the whole once, once mm -hmm. a week or once every couple of weeks just isn't, isn't enough. Uh, we, we invite you to look on our website at the intensives that we have available. If you'd like to join us for an intensive as well. Uh, but the point here is, you know, there are resources, there are people, there are ways to move forward, and we want that for you, which is why we're doing these podcasts. So yes. please don't go it alone. There are people here that care about you. All right. So next week, we're going to turn our attention to understanding anxiety and worry. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about the depressed brain. And so join us as we continue this series about mental health and mental health matters. I'm also excited just to give you a little preview in June, we're going to be talking about uh, men and all, men matter too, and issues related to men. So be on the lookout for those in a few weeks. That'll be released as well. As always, we know you have a choice where you spend your time and we're so grateful that you've chosen to listen into this podcast. Please like, share, follow all the good stuff that's involved. And we look forward to, to connecting with you again next week. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.